0: This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life each week. New stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified profiting from your passions coach, Kate Fessler.
1: Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, soon to be first-class life redefining success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and my guest today is Jan Martinka. For Jan, it was serendipity. There was never a plan to be a doula. She didn't even know what a doula was. But after telling friends and coworkers how great her first two of four births were, they started asking her to go with them when they were in labor. She never realized it would be her life's calling. Before becoming a doula, Jan had a few jobs, including being a supervisor at a telephone company, unit secretary at a hospital, and paraeducator at an elementary school. What pushed her to become a doula was when she was in nursing school, and she realized she didn't want to be a nurse, but she loved the parts involving newborns, births, and similar, and knew she wanted to help moms and babies. Jan has over 20 years of experience with clients and more as a friendly volunteer. She's helped over 200 parents with their births and or via postpartum support. She has four children and seven grandchildren. Jan took a part-time hiatus from her doula business to, quote, play doula for her grandchildren. As they are getting older, she plans to put more time into her business and volunteer doula work, as it is what she loves to do. Welcome, Jan.
0: Oh, hi, Kate. Thanks for having me on.
1: Before we get into your background and your journey to finding your life's work, explain to me, what is a doula?
0: Well, there are a few different definitions Um, actually it came from Greece and the real definition is a servant but I think the best one that I feel really says what it is is mothering the mother with birth and postpartum
1: you say the first two of your four births of your own children were so great what about the other two
0: well, those, those were different because actually we were in a different state. So I had two in Wisconsin and two out here.
1: So where did your, uh, where did your uh, calling uh, begin? Was it Wisconsin or Washington?
0: Oh, good question. Um, I would say that uh, it got more defined in Washington, but it did start in Wisconsin.
1: You had a few jobs before you found your calling. Tell me about your job at the telephone company first.
0: Well, I was a a switchboard operator, which was very interesting. Um, And it was usually using a regular switchboard. So that that was pretty fun. You never know what kind of call you got. Um, And it just seemed like whenever any person was having a baby there for some odd reason they would ask me to go with them and I remember one time there was a, uh, a mom-to-be and her husband got stationed in Guam and so he wasn't there but we he, somehow we were able to connect with him and uh, he heard the whole thing which was, which was a really cool experience.
1: Wow. I bet she was very grateful that you were there if he wasn't. Exactly. Yeah. So then you became a unit secretary at a hospital. What made you decide to go there from the phone company?
0: Well, I thought I wanted to be a nurse. So I thought, okay, I want to see what this whole medical uh, area is like. And so I figured, okay, unit secretary would be a good thing because you would – in, be in touch with doctors, nurses, and patients. So I did that.
1: You can see how the whole operation works.
0: hmm yeah. And the, I would say the hardest thing was is to read the uh, prescriptions from the doctors in their notes, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, doctors have been uh, traditionally uh, uh, stereotyped, I guess, as having the worst writing of any professional.
0: Right and that was true.
1: You were also a paraeducator in elementary school. What's a paraeducator? What did you teach?
0: Um, so basically um, the it used to be a uh, instructional assistant and then they switched it to para because we worked so close with the teachers. So I actually had a um, had my own group with with kids with learning disabilities um, so that was that was really interesting it was It was fun to see how how they would grow as as I worked with them
1: was that before or after you decided to go to nursing school?
0: actually, when I was doing that, I was also t- doing my prerequisites for nursing school and that took me with four kids six years to do just my prerequisites so yeah there was a crazy time
1: (laughs) how did you discover you didn't want to be a nurse what was it that made you say for sure nope this is not the career for me
0: okay well I am not I wasn't good at taking any tests so it was after a year of nursing school, and we ha- you had to take this big um, entrance test to go on to the second year. And so I i just can't take tests. So I actually went to the dean of the college, and I said, you know what? I've been studying for this for so long, and I know I know all the information. I can't take tests. Do you, do you think you could do it verbally with me or something like easier than a uh, written test. And she said, nope, we've never done that before. And that was it. I quit. Mm. <laughs> I quit after you.
1: Well, that's really unfortunate because, you know, I think they're learning now that, you yes. know, people have different learning styles and just because you can take, a test successfully doesn't mean that you know what you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> Many of us, myself included, are very good at cramming for the test, acing the test, and then I wish I remembered half of the stuff that I got A's in in school because it's just gone after the test. Right.
0: I know it. So, you know, that, that, that was uh, the big turning point. I just, uh, yep, that was it. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, that's too bad. But you did love the parts about the births and helping moms and babies. Did you know about doulas then? Do they talk about that kind of thing in nursing school? No,
0: actually, um, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I think I saw some kind of an ad or something for, um, it was the Seattle Midwifery School and they had a doula program. And, They didn't talk about it in nursing school, but when I was a unit secretary, they did mention that word. And I thought, okay, what is a doula? And it was, I mean, it's like, ding, this is exactly what I'm looking for. This is exactly the the end of my pathway.
1: We'll see then that not being able to continue in nursing school actually helped you to find the right path.
0: You're right. That's, that's right.
1: So what kind of training do you need to become a professional doula? Is that something you need to be licensed to do?
0: Nope. Um, They do have some classes at, uh, at best and some other organizations and you you know, it, it's a lot more structured than it was when I when I started many years ago. Um, and you can be certified. I'm certified in both, um, but it's a lot of hands-on. And now they have mentors in it, whereas when I started, I just kind of had to wing it with with you know a teacher. But now they really follow you along the way, which is which is great.
1: Is there a difference between a midwife and a doula?
0: Yes, there is. A midwife delivers babies. A doula um, is is the coach, the supportive person, um, because wow. a lot of people get that get that uh, um,
1: wrong. So, are you? So, have you ever done midwife type work or just doula? Just doula,
0: yeah, birth and postpartum which is great because there's there's some doulas who just do birth there's some that only do postpartum and I do both and and that's what they uh that's what it seemed like I was hired for
1: so you've helped over 200 parents with births and postpartum support are these births typically at home are you are you in the hospital room with them how does that work um, actually, it's a mixture. It seems to be more hospital now, but I
0: have done home birth. I have done birth center and, uh, and also hospital because um, a lot of uh, new moms, they don't want any drugs. They don't want any intervention. So I explain different options to them and I am basically your, uh, the liaison between medical and my client.
1: Are a lot of your uh, clients single women or is it often couples, but they just want someone like you to kind of help them navigate the system?
0: It's usually couples, but I have worked with, a, I've worked with teen moms. Um, I've worked with um, adoption couples. I've worked with a lot of different variety of people. That's why I love what I do because you never know what the birth's going to be, you know, look like. You're, you're not going to know what the uh, partner, you know, how he or she is going to, you know, handle it. It's just, it's, I love it. (laughs) How early do you get involved? That's a good question. Um, I've, I've had, I've been uh, called upon, where a lady, she was so overdue, like she thought she could do the whole thing, um, you know, alone with her husband. But at the last minute, she said, nope, I got to have one. I've also had women call me when they're in labor already and I go. Um, or it could be they just find out they're pregnant.
1: And you coach them on What? Like, how do you help them through their pregnancy and through the delivery?
0: Well, when uh, clients hire me, they can call me 24 hours a day because to them I say, there is no stupid question, you know? This is a whole new world for you, and it's the unknown. And with the unknown, you want to have as much information as, as you can. Um, and... So, during a birth, or um, I would say from the from the beginning of as they hire me, I they can call me anytime, and they I go to their appointments with them because a lot of times moms, you know, uh, have mommy brains. So I'm the person. Even when their husband's there too, I zero in on what the doctor or midwife is saying. So we're all on the same page, um, which is great because uh, I feel that if you're all together on it, that you can you can have a great birth.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine that even you know, if the husband is there, and even if he's a really sharp guy, he probably doesn't have the knowledge that you do to ask even the right questions.
0: Exactly. And that's the thing is when I interview with them, I say, you know what, we're all the, we're in all of this together. If you have any questions, ask me. Um, I, I will get you involved as much as you want to. And a lot of times, even when they're in labor, um, they get into it more the husbands get into it more than they did even talking to them before, which is great. And we just all work together.
1: Postpartum is an area that I think is widely misunderstood. What kind of postpartum support do you provide?
0: Oh, that's a good question too. What I do is um, one of the things before I first come into their house on a postpartum visit, is I send them a questionnaire um, by email. Like, what is the most important thing that I can do for you? And I give them different options, whether it's newborn care, whether it's she'll go to sleep and I'll watch the baby. Um, It's a variety of things. There was one time where it was really – bugging the mom like her linen closet was a mess and (laughs) I said okay I'll do that no problem so I I mean she felt great after I did that it's it's the little things that really really matter
1: Mm. and I actually interviewed someone not uh, I guess it was last year now who wrote a book about um postpartum depression and how challenging that can be um, and how it's hard to kind of recognize it when you're in it. Do you help people with that piece of it as well? Yes, I do. I'm actually trained
0: um, in postpartum depression and it is really, really on the uh, the rise basically um, because a lot of these new moms, they think they have to be perfect, like they have to have a perfect house. They have to have perfect dinner, everything like that. And the time is so short that, you know, you, you got you to gotta just concentrate um, on your family.
1: And it's often unfamiliar territory for especially women who have successful careers. You know, this is the first time maybe in their lives that they've had a situation where they don't, where they don't know what to do. And there's all those hormones running around, too, that can, that can really make people not act the way they normally do, right? Exactly. Yeah. So what I
0: try to do during postpartum, I try to make it the less chaotic that it can be because the moms are sleep deprived. And like you said, hormones are going on. Um, They're not eating because they're either nursing or pumping or Things like that. So i that's what I try to do. I try to make it the easiest possible way. Like I cut up fruit for them. I f- make sure they're eating, they're drinking. Um, yeah.
1: Have you ever had to refer someone to like a psychiatrist or a medical professional because they were really having a hard time? Yep. <laughs>
0: Yes, and that's one of one of the things is is we all we all work together. I mean, um, like a uh, a counselor or a um, perinatal um, um, professional, they, you know, will suggest different things to me too, since I'm taking care of the family.
1: And has anyone ever? I I imagine. They normally take your advice, but has anyone ever said, you know what, I'm you've been great up till now, but I don't think I need that? Um, n- not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I
0: have not say it yet, but I'm sure it's, you know, it's coming.
1: Well, that's good because I imagine that, you know, people who like, like every other situation where people really need help, sometimes they're the last ones to believe that. So um, that's great that they trust you enough to say, okay, if you say so, I- I'll do it. Right,
0: right. And I, I know the signs, you know, to look for. Um, so that's, uh, it's good because the family, they don't, they don't know. They, they, they don't see it.
1: Mm-hmm. I understand you're very active in your local Rotary organization. And over the last seven years, you've set up six sewing centers in the country of Antigua and Barbuda so that ladies in this developing country can learn to sew, make things for their families, and have small clothing businesses. Tell me about that experience.
0: Well, it, that started, I'll, I'll just say this really quick. Um, that started actually when I was a educator, and I did a uh, sewing class at uh, the elementary school that I was at. So I kind of knew how to do that. And uh, so it's with, with Rotary, there is a, a grant that, that uh, we used and uh, we actually are going again this year, but it's. Um, it's changed lives, you know, where as my birth and postpartum uh, business and my sewing it's like it's changing lives and that's that's what i really I really love to do.
1: Why Antigua and Barbuda
0: um, well this it's kind of a long story it's a uh, well my rotary club is Kirkland downtown, and then my husband's is Bellevue breakfast, and we did a grant. Because someone uh, previously had gone to Antigua, and they said they needed computers, so it's a uh, it's a grant between um, Rotary, and then we also work with Newport High School students in their Cisco Networking Academy, and we take. Um, up to 15 kids with us, and they wire the uh, schools and libraries and hospitals with computers. And we kept doing that, um, and I kept going, and I was thinking, well, what can I do? What, what, you know, what, what's something that I can do? I don't know that much about computers. So then I thought, okay, what about sewing? So then we connected with the Antigua Rotary Club, and they said, Oh, yeah, these women would just love to learn how to sew. So rather than teaching them how to sew, I'm also teaching them how to teach sewing so Mm -hmm. that they can keep going even though when I'm not there.
1: And that is the whole point of these programs, right, is so that they can become self-sufficient. Exactly, exactly. Well, we're at the point in the program where I have to ask you, what is one book or resource that changed your life that you would recommend to people?
0: Okay. Well, in my, I'll say this really quickly again. is um, One book is actually the Bible um, because I came from a very, very strict family. And <laughs> we read the Bible a lot, and I think it really um, – made me the person I am, I guess, I guess, uh, I guess I should say that. And then the other one um, with my business is, uh, it's called Mothering the Mother by Sally Plaxon. And that's, it really, it really has molded me into the doula that, that I am today.
1: If people want to find out more about you and your work, how can they do that?
0: Well, my website is uh, janetjanmartinka.com or Jan's Doula Services. And I am actually um, working on a new website.
1: Jan, how do you personally define success for yourself? What is your definition of your authentic first class life?
0: okay well i guess it would be doing what i love to do um whether it's helping with a birth or supporting a new mom with breastfeeding or setting up a sewing center um it's just you have to find what is going to make you i guess get up in the morning and enjoy life
1: absolutely yeah. jan martinka thanks so much for sharing with us today Oh, you're welcome, Kate. Thanks so much for such a fun experience.
0: Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. For joining us, back now with your
1: host, Kate Fessler. Mothering the mother sounds like something every new mom needs. Even if your own mom is there, and especially if she's not, sounds like a doula is a good addition for the whole family. If you know someone who's pregnant, the services of a doula would be a fantastic group baby shower gift. Jan's story is a great example of how a life experience can lead us to our life's work. What life experience have you had that might be what you're meant to share with others? think about it. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen. Follow the show so you'll be notified of upcoming episodes and please share it with your friends. What's your story? If you'd like to share it on this podcast to inspire others, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. This week's quote is from author Florida Pierce Scott Maxwell, if I'm saying her name right. You need only to claim the events of your life to make yourself yours. When you truly possess all you have been and done, which may take some time, you are fierce with reality. I hope you'll join me next week for another inspiring episode. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Pessler. Thanks for listening to First Class Life Redefining Success.
0: EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com.